this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only theaters Friday. Get tickets now. You're listening to Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum. Good morning. Good afternoon. I, uh, uh, it was, you know, a crazy week, fun week. Uh, last week we saw this movie, Nobody. Uh, my buddy Bob Odenkirk, he FaceTimed a group. I, I rented a theater. You went with me, Ryan. I did. I rented a theater at CityWalk. It was, you know, like 300 bucks, 350 bucks, and had like 15 friends that were all vaccinated. And we went and, uh, Watched this movie, Nobody, which I really enjoyed. Didn't you? It was great. <laughs> it really um, was fun. Uh, it was fun to be in a theater again. It was fun to be in a theater because uh, Amanda and I had seen that when it came out on like on demand. And so you liked it enough that you wanted to see it again because it's much more fun that way. Because this was like it's like John it's John Wick. It's, yeah. it's it's an action movie and you need to sort of the audience reactions to throats getting ripped out or stepped on. <laughs> is, yeah, it's kind of it necessary. Was, it was fun. I had a, a real good time. Um my buddy Harlan Williams was with me and a bunch of uh, other friends, but Harlan, uh, you know, him from Dumb and Dumber, you know, you drinking on some of Grandpa's cough medicine, are you there, buddy? Um, but he was just commentating the whole time, which was funny because every time Christopher Lloyd came on, he'd go, great Scott, you know, back to the future, play doc. Uh, and everybody was, it was just fun to be with a group of friends and laughing and having popcorn. And I really enjoyed it. That was nice. I really want to thank Kiefer Sutherland and, and Jason Patrick for last week's episode. That was, it went viral. And if you haven't seen that one, I think you're going to want to see it. Uh, they really opened up and I've got a lot of people emailing me and texting me and tweeting me that they really love the episode a lot. And also John Glover, who played my father in Smallville, he's, you know, Michael, uh, you know, um, his partner, Adam, who never really compliments anybody says that interview was the best interview you've ever done and then somebody called me and said you know it was the best interview a close friend of Kiefer's said it was the best interview he'd done I it just means a shit ton man I'm like really I always feel awkward I never watch him I feel like I look like a dork and I'm like you know I feel like a kid asking these questions and uh overall but look it's you know I'm really happy with the episodes and and I commend Ryan here for great editing and Bryce and, and for the producing. But thank you for if you haven't checked out Kiefer and Jason Patrick, I think you should. Yeah. Everyone was excited that you broke sort of. A, it's like a 30 year old story, really. I broke a 30 year old story of uh, apparently the of, divorce, of, the, uh, the the breakup with Kiefer and Julia Roberts and then Julia Roberts taking off to Ireland with mm-hmm. uh, with Jason Patrick. And they're both sitting in the same room talking about this and they're still close friends but i urge you to watch the episode it's a it's good to see these guys together um so thank you for listening um also just want to say thanks to hint water they don't they just give me water they don't give me money or anything but i'm always drinking hint water so thanks hint thanks red bull for keeping me awake i don't drink a lot of red bull but when i do i apparently need it that's the dosaki slogan though what is it i don't always drink beer but when i do i prefer dosaki i don't always drink beer but when i do Wow, I didn't know that. Thank you guys for for watching the watching or listening to the podcast again. 
you know, it's important. If you're, if you're here for Erica Christensen, who I love and adore, I urge you to subscribe to the podcast and listen to other people. You'll learn something. Hopefully I learn something every episode and follow us on Twitter and Instagram uh, at, at inside of you podcast on Instagram and Facebook. You could follow us and at inside of you pod on the Twitter. And if you want to subscribe, you could subscribe on YouTube, Ryan, uh, uh, youtube.com slash inside of you with Michael Rosenbaum. And if you want, and you could also subscribe on Apple and Spotify and Mm -hmm. what else? A lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Stitcher, probably. Yeah, there's a lot of places. So I urge you to do <laughs> that. Write a review. Keep this show going. Thank you, uh, Westwood One. Thank you, uh, everyone who listens. All my patrons. Thank you for the support and the love. And uh, if you want to join Patreon, um, it's a wonderful uh, place to be. It's uh, you know for folks that love the podcast, they subscribe uh, to the Patreon. You get a lot of perks. There's a lot of fun stuff on there. There's there's tiers where I send you merch and. Uh, little notes from me and um, it's a lot of fun it's family and people come there and they thank me for i met my closest friend ever now or i met my boyfriend or they become there's all these people who have become these friends on this platform with patreon so go to patreon p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash inside meet new friends uh, support the podcast i'll write a message to you right after you do it Um, also if you want to get any merch go to the inside of you online store and um there's lex luther stuff and smallville stuff and inside of you stuff and also the band i gotta throw out the band uh we're gonna be performing again may 29th saturday and put this in your calendars may 29th saturday two shows 2 p.m pacific standard time and 6 p.m pacific standard time uh we're gonna play some covers and some left on laurel tunes and some sunspin tunes my band is sunspin and um you can go to sunspin.com and book the band book zooms uh and you can get a whole bunch of cool merch so there's the there's that today's guest you like this episode it was a good one i i like it because she's so so open and free and such a wonderful woman inside and out she talks about her her pregnancy and giving birth and it was miraculous i was i was stunned and a little shocked at times but like I, I just think she's such a wonderful woman and so smart and uh she educated me like most people do mm-hmm. So without further ado, why don't we just jump into it? This is a fun episode. I hope you like it. Uh, Let's get into Erica Christensen. It's my point of view. You're listening to Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum. Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum was not recorded in front of a live studio audience. Erica, you look fantastic for someone who's dating a who's married to a cyclist and has two children running around. I don't know how you look so refreshed. <laughs> Thank you. I, I, the kids are a bigger factor than I think the husband, but uh, you know, listen, it's so weird. It's categorically you not having children. It means that there's all kinds of things I could say to you that are completely irrelevant. You're like, Oh yeah. Sleep training. And we, you know, no, no, no. There's so many- stop. Talk about sleep training right now, because I I don't sleep well. What do you mean sleep training? You sl- tra- train the children to sleep, or you train yourself to sleep? Train the children to sleep, but it, it, I've been wondering also how to apply that to ourselves. See, the thing is that in the children, what you are developing as a skill is going to sleep without dependence upon anything, without dependence upon you know the bottle or being rocked or whatever. 
the idea is to get them comfortable with just being in their own bed when it's nighttime without you, and then they'll go to sleep. Um, and then staying asleep is a different thing. Like staying asleep for babies is just not getting hungry, which is not a problem for us, right? Right. Now, how old are the children? How old are the children? Two and a half and four and a half. So there's no breastfeeding anymore. There shouldn't be. And mm. the two and a half year old is like not getting much nutrition probably from it, but she's still. <laughs> what are you saying? What do you mean there's I'm not? Saying, a she's straight up. I mean, I mean, like my body is not like feeding the child. She's, she's just, you know, she pacifies. She likes the comfort, especially when it's nighttime. But she can totally talk. So she goes, I want a nurse. I'm like, uh, you can't. It's not bedtime. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute, because I've said that before, but it's a different kind of nurse. <laughs> um, so, so I want a nurse. She wants to nurse you know, from your bosom. Yeah. Oh, she straight up says, "I love your boobies." <laughs> I'm like, okay, okay. Does Cole say that? Okay. Did she learn that from Dad? <laughs> I love your boob. What have he said to you while you're in bed together? I love your boobies. <laughs> I love your boobies. <laughs> I love your boobies. Oh, now, I, I, want I to don't nurse. know if I'm doing her a disservice or it does. It does. Uh, what does it there do? There is a bit of a dependency there in talking about, you know, fostering that independence and that not needing anything to go to sleep except yourself. She does need that. All right. Her. So wait a minute. You're teaching her to sleep, but you're not teaching her how to back off the boobs. I mean, I am because... No, you're right. You I'm just got an ixnay on the breast nay. Yeah. It's got to be, how I, old is she? She's two and a half. She's two and a half. Okay, so I don't know how old you are when you're supposed to stop breastfeeding. I don't know what the rule is, but I probably, I don't think I breastfed. I think, uh, is that right, breastfed? You were, you, you were like bottle fed? I was bottle fed, emphamil. That's why I'm all effed up. I'm effed, emphamilled up. Oh no. But what is that? It's not not it's not good. You should breastfeed, right? Is that what you believe? Ideally, yeah. Ideally, nutritionally, it's it's there for a reason. It's awesome if you can. Um I gotta tell you, hang on. I gotta tell you that I'm happy no matter how effed up I am, and maybe it was caused by not breastfeeding. But the fact that I wasn't on my mom's breast, that makes me happy. The fact that I wasn't. Like the thought yeah. of like like my mother, my mouth on my mother's breast for me. I know it's a natural thing, but for me, I'm glad I didn't do it. <laughs> well, that's good then. That's good. <laughs> is it? Is they, it good? I mean, I don't know. You got what you retroactively got what you wanted. Doesn't it hurt? Uh, not anymore. There's like a there's a period of getting used to it for sure. It can hurt very badly. I didn't cry during childbirth i cried i have cried during nursing really like oh my god you're hurting me yeah yeah and she's like mommy but, cry yeah why you cry you you are why i cry you don't <laughs> you're say hurting that. me yeah. but uh but fortunately my children don't bite my children didn't Oof, bite so thank god that's an extra part of it this is see, see this is strange this is <laughs> this is like a whole category of conversation that to parents is normal territory <laughs> well why, why, like, like no but it's it's not it's for me it's like if i ever want to have a kid i can kind of like this could either sway me in either direction i could be like wow 
you know? I mean, look, I don't have to breastfeed, but, you no. know, there, there's a lot to parenting, and I think it's important. I think, you know, we I had uh, uh, Erica Durant, who is um, Lois Lane on Smallville, and she's done a bunch of other stuff. But she talked about postpartum and stuff, and I'll tell you what, so many people wrote in and were – it just was very important that she talked about that and what seemed odd, not odd to me, but probably maybe a little weird that a single guy who has not been married, he's asking all these questions, but I do it because I think it's yeah. a real issue. And I think it's like, yeah. I had a friend who lost his wife to postpartum and, and uh, all the things that go on with raising a child. So, I mean, did you have any kind of issues when you first had a baby or was it kind of smooth sailing? Or are you just like, you just really enjoyed the whole motherhood or did you have issues or things that were happening that you're like, I, I, I don't understand why I'm not happy or I'm, I don't know. Some people it's easy. Some people it's not. Well, it was, I mean, of course, with, as with anything, there's a whole, you know, scale, there's a spectrum of experience and mine was on the easier side, but you can imagine just, just imagine not getting more than a couple hours of sleep at a time Whoa. for several months. Christ. You know, it's like, it would affect anyone. And so, um, and learning how to nurse, if you're going to do that, there, it, it depends for some people that just comes supernaturally. And, you know, you're like, there you are a cave woman with your child and they nurse and everything's wonderful. Um, but that's definitely like, for me, that was a, a big learning curve. And so one of the times that I cried when I was nursing was just because I couldn't do it. Like, that sounds weird. Like, how can it just not work? But it can just not work where you just can't get them to understand your boob and how to get the milk out. And you're just like, come on, oh, you know? God, that sounds frustrating. It's bizarre. But then there are people who are lactation consultants and they're angels. And Lactation I consultants. Yeah. What about... Um, lactation free consultants. I'm sure there are those too. Because I have a little problem like with the lactate. Pediatric nutrition. Here's <laughs> 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 what to feed your child if you're not going to nurse. There's actually there's a whole. Uh, I mean, you know how you said like let's talk about something controversial. We could talk about politics. But um, mm. but what led me to that is there's this thing where, you know, the country has become so divided and so partisan that oddly, a bunch of ideas and concepts and philosophies that aren't directly like, I'm in favor of this sort of bill, this sort of legislation and stuff like that, have been divided. and. I'll explain further what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is uh, I have fed my children and continue to raw milk. And especially also when I was having a tough time nursing, I was like, I need a backup plan. I need some assistance. I, my, my child can't starve while we're figuring this out. Right. Uh, and then also I needed some help when I was like working and the baby's still nursing. And so I'm, pumping and we have breast milk but i also need the raw milk and then raw milk is just a huge like it's a huge like like what it gets categorized on the side of conservative like freedom you know freedom from government regulation and uh, i don't understand i don't i'm not aware of this stuff 
I understand. Ryan, are you under, do you know about this stuff? Good. Uh, educate because I don't know about this. I didn't know there was a, a, a sort of a, a divide on raw milk. Well, yeah, because categorically it goes into the, you know, natural sort of um, non-medical, non-mandated um, vaccines. Not, it kind of gets lumped over into this whole side of government's the government not controlling what we eat and of course and what we do to our bodies except for abortion that goes on the other side right. um there's this weird gerrymandering of ideology right but on this side like you have to trace it back to okay when i mean do you, did you were you even aware that milk wasn't raw uh ryan we weren't <laughs> aware of that right it's well, that, pasteurized yeah right that's what i always knew that milk yeah, was pasteurized. So it's, it's so, Louis Pasteur invented that. Exactly. And when Louis Pasteur invented it, it was for a purpose. It was for killing bacteria. Mm -hmm. um, whatever the, the outbreak was at the time that they were addressing, that was effective. And so great. But we live in a different time now. We don't have the same issues. And the people that produce unpasteurized milk take great pride in the safety measures that they take so that they can provide it to you and they're not exposing you to something. You know, their cows are very healthy. This <laughs> seems so random. It's not, it's, it's, I, it's interesting. It's a big deal because in traveling about the country, I have, you know, there are many states where they, it's just illegal. And then there are many states where you can get it, but it's labeled, it has to be labeled as for pet consumption only. And so you have to go like talk to the farmer and go, okay, can I, can I buy a gallon of milk? Like, we're not going to talk about the fact that I'm going to drink it and my kids are going to drink it. And they're like, yeah, yeah, we're not, <laughs> just, just take the milk. So who looks down on you? Is it, is it the Democrats or is it the Republicans? I can't understand. It's more, it's a, it's a liberal side of like, trust the science. Louis Pasteur did this for a reason. You know, the doctors say it's not safe. Right. So don't drink raw milk, you know, the, and, and they'll tell pregnant women, don't drink raw milk. You could expose yourself to all kinds of bacteria. And surely that's true or it was. But uh, if you go to the right like, farmers that are, are doing it correctly and healthy and, and organically, it's not, it was a problem uh, many moons ago before we, yeah. uh, Okay, I got gotcha. you. I'm with you. It's not. This isn't weird. This is educational. You are educating me and my friend Ryan. And I'm glad Ryan was like, "Of course I know this," because I would have been like, "Oh God, I'm an idiot." <laughs> it is. A, I know it is a little bit strange. Um, but I always, yeah, like, I, yeah. Go ahead. Well, but but like the fact that I'm tying this to politics at all was obviously there is legislation against raw milk, which is so it it is a thing. But like, you're a criminal. I'm a criminal. No, it's legal in California in, in some ways. And so I can get it. Organic Pastures <laughs> is the name of the company. They're wonderful. They're in Northern California. Yay. They give me raw milk and raw cheese and raw butter and raw cream. Wow. Um, is it delicious? It's delicious. And apparently people that are lactose intolerant, are, which you are, right? Yeah. Are yeah. Apparently they can drink it with no problem. And cheese? Because, yeah, because the enzymes that, are, that help you digest it are still alive. They haven't been killed. So Hang on. Can I come over your house for some cheese and please. hopefully not as many farts? Oh, please. I'm not kidding. If you're telling me there's a chance that raw milk and raw cheese I could eat and not uh, be bloated, 
I I would try that. Why wouldn't I try that, Ryan? Because you might get so, polio. What? Oh. Polio? Polio exactly. isn't even... What year is this? <laughs> what year are we in? Hey, you know, it's funny because I don't use the word hippie in a bad way. Hippie's a good... Uh, I like the word hippie. In fact, yeah. my, my dad was a hippie and uh, I believe my uncle. And But, you know, when I think about you and Cole, your husband, I think about yeah. just kind of free, spirited, loving, in the sense of hippie kind of family like just kind of just like in a good in a good way and I can dig it. yeah i can dig it i just kind of feel like you have a there's a certain lifestyle that you live and maybe i'm wrong but that is just i mean i'm sure there's stress and there's you know the, you know the child isn't taking the breast and and there's angst and but <laughs> overall i mean like do you feel like you're like you have a happy loving family that's just kind of free and fun and just like uh that yeah no absolutely i mean we're we're very connected to like nature we yeah. take the kids out all the time to hikes and and hiking through like you know up um do you know angela's crest up off the two angels crest highway there's like hikes that you can go to waterfalls and what like how, how long are these how long are these hikes they're they're doable for at least the the big kid for shane so they're like eh, i mean you could even get some that are only like 20 minutes Ooh, you'll yeah. have to give me directions to that 20 minute and one then, <laughs> this is, these are secret spots you know they have like swimming holes and jumping rocks and we take the kids out to vasquez rocks well i want to go to these things i'm going to learn a lot from you Dude, they're amazing. You should Google Vasquez Rocks for sure. That's like an hour drive and it's like you're on Mars. It's just incredible terrain. And there's not a lot of people there, really? No, we've been there during COVID and it's very easy to not come within 25 feet of a human. Hey, for someone who's so, you know, you're obviously so talented, you've done so much work, you've been on series. I mean, Parenthood lasted for six years, five years? Yeah, six yeah. I mean, you've done movies and this. Has this been a tough time for someone who, you know, loves working? And it's just a weird time anyway. It's like, I don't even want to work during this time. I, I can't imagine being on set with masks and this and protocols and tests. And I just rather like, let it go, let it get done. And let's get back to work. But I don't uh, know I mean, how, how it's going to be. What are you, are you doing anything right now? Have you decided like, Hey, I'm going to wait until kind of shit gets better. Or are you like craving to work? I'm, 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 yes, the latter. I'm craving to work. I, well, having all this time with the kids has been amazing. And at their ages where they need, you know, direct supervision and contact so much of the time anyway. And we've done all these family adventures, even, I mean, and we've also been responsible. We've also, you know, not left the house for large periods of time. Um, but it's been really fun. And I know that I would be taking it even harder if I didn't have the kids, but I, I want to get back to work. You know that Betsy Brandt lives kind of near us. She was walking by the house yesterday and she was like, let me tell you, when you go back to work, the anxiety will hit you. It's going to be weird. You're going to get tested. Everybody's, you know, and then there's like oh, yeah. wanting to keep your space from people. And then they only do, I think one person in the hair and makeup trailer at a time, which is very weird slow socially and sad and, and slow. slow. But I, but yeah, I want to go back to work. I trust, I trust Hollywood to do it responsibly. I just found out from my friend that's working on, um, what's, what's Ted Dance's new show? Kramer versus Kramer. What is it? Mr. Mayor. Mr. Mayor. Mr. Mayor. You, 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 what, you want to audition for that? No, no. My, my 
Buddy is uh, is pulling focus on that, and he said they had to shut down early, but he said the studio is spending a fortune on testing and prevention yeah. measures. Like, it's a safe... It's a safe thing. You know, if anybody tests positive anywhere, shut they down. shut down. Yeah. yeah. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Guys, listen, we've talked about mental health and improving your health. And, uh, you know, I think the stigma is going away with therapy. And it has helped me immensely. It's helped Ryan and so many of my friends and people around the world um, you know, just talking to someone objectively and about what's going on in your life. Every time I get on, I think, what am I going to talk about? And within 20 minutes, I'm like, so, so glad that I did it. I don't know. And Ryan, this year has flown by. I mean, what are we? We're halfway through this year. And I think it's really important for all of us to celebrate your wins. Sometimes we're just so worried about the problems at hand that we don't celebrate those things that hey, we're doing okay, we're, we're, we're making it here. And uh, you make adjustments for the rest of the year. And therapy can help you take stock of your progress and set achievable goals for the next six months. Therapy is so helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. Therapy truly is for everyone. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. Designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. And you can switch therapists anytime. No additional charge. I think that's the big hang-up. And people are like, what if I don't like my therapist? What if I don't get along? What if I'm not vibing? You switch. There's no questions asked. That's what's so awesome. It's all online. Take a moment. Visit BetterHelp.com slash inside today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash inside. Well, I wanted to circle back on the hippie thing because you are very right in one respect. Um, last time I did the podcast, mm-hmm. I was about to pop with a baby mm-hmm. on your couch. Yep, you walked up my huge street, which is not easy, and you were pregnant. It was a steep hill, and I was very pregnant, and you were worried that I was my water was going to break on your couch. I wouldn't know what to do. Um, <laughs> My water didn't break either time, actually. That's the thing. Let's do, you know, whatever. What do you mean either time? Uh, either either child. Oh, okay. <laughs> either time. I thought you meant either time you walked up here. I thought I just talked to you once, but but go ahead. But then I walked back home and sometime maybe a, four weeks later or something like that, I had the baby, right? And then there are stories. It's kind of generally accepted that your second child comes faster than the first child. The labor is shorter, right? The body's, there's some muscle memory involved and so forth. And so I went into labor at like 4 a.m. And I figured, all right, 
I'll take some time to myself. I stayed in bed for a while, stayed in bed for an hour. And then I went to the kitchen and made myself a pour over coffee for an hour and labored in the kitchen by myself. And then I woke up cold and we already had planned on having the baby at home. So we were just like, okay, everything's on track. We're going to relax. We're going to have some breakfast. I called my mom and said, don't worry about it. I just went into labor, have some breakfast and come over later, whatever. All of a sudden, the baby is coming out of me, basically. Like, I, I was like, oh my God, I could feel the difference. There's a change. There's a whole part of labor where your body's getting ready to push the baby out. And then there's like the home stretch, which is then your body's pushing the baby out. And I called the doctor because he was kind enough to do it, come to my home. And I said, um, the I went into labor a few hours ago. The baby's coming out right now. Can you come now? And he was like, why didn't you call me earlier? I said, I didn't know it was going to happen this fast. He gets stuck in traffic and Cole and I are completely alone. He delivers the baby himself right on our bed over there in the peace and quiet, except for Shane is in the living room watching The Lion King. Not crying, going, mommy's crying. No, mommy wasn't crying. Mommy was calm and quiet and wow. baby was in the, she was watching The Lion King and eating bacon and daddy was in here. And we didn't say anything. We were just, there was a little bit of like anxiety and tension because we were waiting for the doctor. And at a certain point, we realized he's not going to make it. He's not going to come in time. And then all of a sudden that waiting just dissipated and that anxiety dissipated. And Cole said one thing. He looked at me and said, just so you know, I'm not freaking out. I said, great. And then he delivered the baby. And we are there hugging her and she's taking her first little breaths and cries when the doctor walks into the bedroom. And he's like, so how'd you do? And we're like, oh, we did great. Look, there's the baby. I and mean, then you're like, you're not charging me. <laughs> and of course he is. And he's not in network. Well, hang on, hang on, hang on. Let's go back. So what, because the first thing that happens when you're telling the story is I feel joy. I feel excited. Okay. It's an adrenaline thing. But then I think yeah. if it happened to me, do I cut something? Am I supposed to cut something? Am I, what am that I supposed part, to do? What do I do? What do I do here? Do I have to, what do you have to do? Well, that part, Cole was about to go find like a vice grip to clamp the <laughs> cord and cut it. Vice grip. <laughs> but by that time, the doctor was there. That part is um, less instinctual. So yes, I'm, I'm grateful for the doctor for all of that follow-up. What do you have to do, though? I mean, like, can the baby, how, how soon after do you have to cut the umbilical cord? You don't have to cut the umbilical cord. There's no rush. You're, you're even, the, the, you know, natural side of things, which I tend to go in that direction, the natural side of things is you are to let them stay connected to the cord until the bloods or and everything start stops pumping through it. And that could be 10 minutes. Also, I just don't think there's any real. Is it dangerous if you cut it just like you cut it? Is there a right way to cut it? Do you, do you get the vice grips? Do you get a clean pair of scissors? Do you kind of carve it with a butter knife? What do you, <laughs> what do you do there? It's not easy to cut. So you need something sharp for sure. And yeah, I imagine you, you need to clamp it, but I don't know. Maybe not. Let's go back to the cavemen. I don't know. Yeah. They're like, "Mm." and then they cut it. Yeah. They chew on it for a while. (laughs) So that is back to the hippie thing. That is a little, 
Like most people don't do that. And I, by the way, if you just did the sound effects, this is what I'd probably hear at your house. Okay. It'd be like, that's the bacon. And then, Kuna Matata. That's exactly what would happen. I mean, I could just sense it. We have one little video. Cole set up the GoPros to try to film it and they ran out of battery or whatever. We have one little video taken on my phone that's a time lapse of me laboring on the bed. But there's there's no audio, but you can see me you, kind of like shifting positions and breathing and breathing. You can't show me though, because you're naked. No, I'm uh I'm not actually. I think I'm wearing clothes at that point. Can I see it? Yeah, let me find can it. Can we? I mean, how quickly it? can I find it? Let's so this happened two and a half years ago. I'll tell you that much. Right. So <laughs> that's correct. Oh yeah, I'm wearing shorts and a sports bra. All right, let's see it. Prop it up. So it is, ladies a and gentlemen. Lapse. It is now a time lapse of Erica Christensen's birth at her house, hippie style, Jack Kerouac style, Woodstock style. Okay, there we go. We'll put music over it. Breathing heavy, I mean, lying down. It's like the reflection. This is. Are you like your arms in the air? Are you, you're not stressed. You're saying it's kind of like I'm not. You, you're actually in great shape, by the way. I noticed that. Like a pregnant woman who's just really in shape, stretching, kicking her legs. Here comes Cole. I've got this. Oh, there's you. And then fast forward yeah. a little bit. Oh, and then there's blackness, which I don't know. My phone fell. Oh, it fell over. That's what happened. <laughs> my phone was just sitting on the desk and it fell over. Were you just pissed? No, I mean, hey. Eh, like, what are you going to do? You, there's a, when you get a baby <laughs> in your arms, there is definitely like a bliss that takes over. And there's all kinds of hormonal reactions. The postpartum thing being a separate thing, there is like, there's, your body knows what it's doing. And so a lot of the time, uh, it can even, just knock my printer over. Um, it can even, you know, block the nerve channels to, to the pain. The baby blocks off your circulation to, so it's a natural painkiller. Right. If I was pregnant right there, I would have been jumping off the walls like, help, I'm dying. There's something in me. Get it out. You don't, you don't know that. I don't know that, but I'm a kind of a puss when it comes to that stuff. There, it's such a different kind of physical experience. It's like, it's athletic. It's an athletic experience. You know? It's, <laughs> it's they, an it's, athletic experience. I like that. Yeah. it's They call it labor. You're working. Your muscles are working. You get, you get warm. You know, um, and you have to just if it's that if if you're saying it's athletic and it's labored, then why can so many um out of shape people give birth? Because <laughs> I, mean, I mean if you need to be athletic or you need it's a yeah. hard labored thing, but like if it's hard, I need to get in shape for this, don't I? That's why it's better to be in shape for it, right? It is better to be in shape. It does put you at, at an advantage so that it's uh an easier time for you, but um, but the, the muscles that you're using, you cannot condition, you know, so you can condition the rest of your body, but your uterus, you're not going to exercise your uterus any other time. You can't prep for that. So it's, <laughs> it's, but, but I'm saying kind of psychologically, 
if you can compare it to another experience that you've had, like if anybody that's like done something, anybody that's run a marathon or run, run any kind of length of time that they put their body through some stress and they mentally overcame that and pushed through and just knew like, all right, well, so I'm going to be uncomfortable, but then it's going to be over and it's going to be worth it. And I'm going to be proud and happy or whatever, you know, I feel like I keep expecting you to say like, oh yeah, like I do, you lift weights, you know, it doesn't always feel good. No, I hate it. I hate lifting weights, but I know that uh, exercise does help my brain. If nothing else, it helps me just the the anxiety. So I assume that as a pregnant woman, you know, and you're giving birth, if you can reduce that anxiety and kind of relax, it's like, I hate to say this, but it's probably like, it's not going to surprise my guests, but it's, it's, it's like, you know, taking a big poop. If you know if you're pushing, you're going to hurt yourself, and you're stressed, and it's anxious, and you'll get a hemorrhoid potentially. But like the the reality is, if you just relax, it's going to be smooth sailing, and you could go afterwards, call some friends, and say, "Wow, that was I got to tell you about this crap I just took." <laughs> that's that's not a crazy analogy. Okay, good. Were you glad when she was out? Like, oh, uh, or did you go I through mean, that? I'm sure, I was. Well, like you but said, some so people, fast. there's a connection, right? It happened so fast. It was, yeah. So it was, I mean, I was kind of just like, both times I I was, both births, right? I was kind of like, just amazed. Like that there, here's, there were two people in a room and now there are three people in a room. It's just weird. It's a very yeah. existential experience, you well, know? Yeah, you know, what's funny is, not funny, but I actually read something a long time ago that someone recommended husbands not being in the room and watching the baby come out because some people it will lo- you'll lose attraction t- to your wife. I've read that somewhere. No, no, I'm not kidding. They said that if you That's watch so it, maybe like I'm just saying, and I was like, I was like, was that true? That sucks because I'd want to see my child born. So you don't think like, but see, Cole's an anomaly. Cole's a man. He's like, I love my wife. I love my kid. I want to get bloody. I want to fucking grab vice grips. I want to cut this shit fucking baby so he's he's an anomaly so some men would be like oh my god her vagina was so big and it is blood and i can't deal with it i think it's just like a separate experience to the rest of your life it just nothing matters in that moment except what's occurring i mean maybe that's not true if you're just standing aside and the doctors are all doing everything and you're like you get a view over there and you're like oh look at her body but you know, I'm like, God, it's got to hurt. But Cole, even the first time when the doctor did make it in time, barely, he was like shoulder to shoulder with the doctor. And the doctor was like, okay. You know, he had in, already said, like, when the baby comes out, you can put the baby on, on Erica's chest and you can cut the cord and the whole thing. So Cole was like watching the entire time. and as a more of a participant than an outside observer who's like in the back of the room being like, Oh, what's happening with the grossness over there. He's like, there's a baby coming out. Like let's focus on what's happening. I think. Wow. And then it's, and then, like I said, it's just like, it's such a separate experience. Then you go back to life and then, you know, you, I have, your, your wife's body goes back to normal. Well, I appreciate you being so open and forthcoming with this stuff because i think it is educational for whether a guy or a female listening who hasn't given birth or a guy who i mean it's just it's just kind of inspirational and it's like the approach that you took and 
you know, again, it's all what works for you, proverbial right. you, right? So I think, yes, you know, yes. uh, some people, I want to be in the hospital. Uh, the husband's like, I don't want to be around. Are you cool with that? Some people are like, want to do it organically. Some want to go to the dairy farm and get it raw milk poured all over them while they're doing <laughs> it. It just, it just depends. It's, and that's why it's called freedom. Do what the fuck you want. This is your world right. as much as it is everyone else's. And no one should judge you for doing what you want to do. A thousand percent. Which is also, well, guess, well go ahead. Yeah. No, go. Well, I, I guess is like hearing, hearing my experience would just be like, if anyone was interested in going the natural route, if anyone was interested in having a home birth or having an unmedicated birth, then they could, then they could hear that experience and be like, oh, okay, I'm going to file that away as part of my decision making. If somebody's like, I want to be in the hospital, whatever, whatever, give me the drugs, then great. Then they can be like, well, that's interesting that that's the way that you did it and good for you. And I'm going to do what I'm going to do. Mm -hmm. Now, look. But I knew, yeah, I knew that I wanted to do it that way. And so I, I watched videos that people just, God bless them, posted to the internet of them giving birth. Wow. So I got to watch all these people give birth and like cry happy tears for these strangers. Why don't you post yours? Because I have it on video. I know because of the black, it fell. But that you could have got a better camera than your iPhone just propping it up on a desk. You could have prepared a little. You prepared so well. You prepared so well for this childbirth and the relaxation, the akuna matatas, the bacon, the, the coal relaxing, everything. It was all set in motion. And the one thing you forgot is the documentation. I know the GoPros ran out of batteries or whatever. Maybe they didn't have cards in them. I don't know. <laughs> Are you going to have another one? I don't know. We've been open to the idea, but uh, it's, and I come from a, a family. I have three brothers, you know, two, two that are twins, two that are twins. And, and one's an uh, actor, right? You know, one is, yes. One is more of an actor than the other one. They both have acted. They they both did a pilot with Gavin O'Connor, but that was a million years ago. Well, one did Upside of Anger with Mike uh, Binder, who I love. Exactly, who I love as well. That's Dane, my brother Dane. He's a brilliant actor, but I don't know that he's going to put much effort into pursuing it. Right, right. He was also in the movie, um, it's called All at Once that I made just like five years ago with a bunch of my friends. He auditioned for this small role and killed it. And then on set, in the middle of filming the scene, Johnny Boy, do you know Johnny Abrams? He lives so close to you. I know the name, but I don't know him. Okay, so our friend Johnny, who's an actor and a, and a director, uh, he was directing and he says to Dane, hey, how about do this take in a German accent? And Dane was like, beat beat okay and he just did the scene in a freaking german accent like and then that's fledged. the take that they used in the movie. really so he just started doing it like this like erica this is why i want to do this to you like and he, he started said, to this is what i think about it and i i don't know i remember i auditioned for a movie called u571 about yeah. a u-boat and i remember I went in there and I learned the whole thing in German. I go, Sprechen Sie etwas Deutsch, können Sie lesen und schreiben, oder sind Sie ein Bauern jünger mit nur einem Fachnamen? And the guy goes, You still ran, you retained it now. Yeah, and the guy, David Mostow, the director, goes, uh, What are you doing? And I go, uh, Speaking German? He goes, Yeah, no, I want you to say it and read it in English. And I go, I just worked two weeks on this. You fuck! 
I literally had learned this whole speech and all these things. He goes, no, I want you to do English. So then I, I didn't really prepare to read in English. So I was like, no. Do you read or write English? Uh, do you speak German? Do you not speak German? Do you? and I ended up doing it and it was fine, but the, I wasn't, you know, like prepared as much. And I worked so hard and Scheiße, ich habe in der Hosen gemacht. Licken unter ein Arsch, Arschloch. I just, yeah, anyway. So what, what did you just say? Did you, did you say like, lower the periscope? I said, do you read, sprechen Sie etwas Deutsch, können Sie lesen? Do you read or write? Do you speak German? Do you read or write it? Or are you just some simple farm boy with the name? Do you, something I remember. I don't know. I just remember certain things like that. When something interests me, when I really go, oh my God, it'd be nice to learn this. Or I can memorize things when I'm really excited or really want it. Like I remember learning Hannibal Lecter's, um, monologue in silence of the lambs uh, uh, like you know when he says a censor once tried to test me i ate his liver with some fob-. you know that one everybody knows that yeah. one but i learned the one was like uh, did i already do this one? Oh, asian sterling you think you can dissect me with your blow little tool you're so ambitious aren't you but you know what you look like to me with your good bag and your cheap shoes you look like a rogue a wild whore hustling the road with a little taste the magicians came a info bone but you really know one more generation from pure white trash are you agent sterling that accent you so desperately tried to share pure west virginia what was your father dear was he a coal miner did he stink of the lamb you know, quickly the boys found you. All those tedious, sticky fumblings in the back seats of cars where you could only dream of getting out, getting anywhere, getting all the way to the FBI. <laughs> <laughs> we could cut that, right, Ryan? No. I don't know. Maybe not. I don't know. I didn't really do wow, the accent as much, wow. but I remember the dialogue anyway, because I really loved it. I was just enamored by his performance. I was like, I want to memorize this. I want to memorize Christopher Walken's speech and this. I want to memorize. You know, uh, Oscar Schindler and, and uh, you know, uh, what's his name? Um, Ray, Ray Fines. When he goes, yes. to cast a spell on you, you know. Then you vocal them like I do. You see this. They have this power. I don't know, Ray Fines. Do you do any impressions? They say every actor should do an impression. You have I to have one. I you suppose don't, I should. You don't do one. No. I, I do my two-year-old. That's it. Let I me hear know. it. Let me hear it. That's a, I, I want a nurse. I love your boobies. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. I want I want nurse. I want your boobies. She, she, has a, she has an Italian accent. It's very weird. Shrink the Books is back for a brand new season. This is the podcast where we put our favorite fictional TV characters into therapy. Join me, Ben Bailey-Smith, and our brand new psychotherapist, Namon Metaxas. Hi, Ben. Yes, this season we're going to be putting the likes of Tommy from Peaky Blinders, Cersei from Game of Thrones on the couch to learn why their behavior creates so much drama. So make sure you press the follow button to get new episodes as soon as they land on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts. Shrink the Books is a Sony Music Entertainment original podcast. Are you into weird, spooky, and strange history? Horrifying History tells you about the side of history that people don't normally talk about. We tell the tales of haunted places, infamous true crimes, unsolved mysteries, the paranormal, and then we look to history to see where the truth actually lies. Want to get spooky with us? Horrifying History, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Hey, you know, I, I really appreciate you being so open. I think I, I love this. It's just candid talk conversation. And we talked last time about the Scientology stuff. And I know you're so open mm-hmm. and so brave because 
people would think, you know, you get lambasted and people say, oh, it's this and it's this. But you stick to your guns. This is what I believe, like the raw milk, like whatever. I live a happy existence. I'm happy. I'm not judging you. Why should you judge me? And you do that. And, you know, I wonder sometimes, like, because you're such a brilliant actress and you've done so much great work. Do you think it ever hinders you from getting roles? Because some people are like, oh, she's a Scientologist. We're not hiring her. Do you think that happens? I have no idea. I have no idea. I mean, that would be that would be wild to me because I don't know exactly what they would think. I mean, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's like it's like uh, this ephemeral idea that like there's badness there. Like it's a it's a trendy thing to just be like dismissive about it. But other than that, like if you truly have an issue, like I don't know, I don't know. That's weird. To me. Well, you know, I have a friend, uh, my friend John Heater. I've talked about this. He's a Mormon. Yeah. He doesn't sit there and preach Mormonology to me or Mormonism or whatever. He doesn't, you know, I love, you know, they say that religion, um, some people will say religion, organized religion is really, is a terrible thing. Some people will say it's yeah. the only thing, right? There's the divisiveness. And there shouldn't be because if it works for you and you're not telling other people what to do and how to live their lives, that is a success story when it comes to religion. I have a friend yeah. in Indiana who is a, is a Christian boy and they go to church and they love the Lord and that's what they do. And my friend, John, they go to church and they have four kids and he's incredibly family oriented and, and nothing really like uh, business wise, uh, industry wise, phase him. And he's able to have a really happy existence and he's a Mormon and this is what he believes. And people yeah. will get the, the, the thing, the fundamentalists like, well, aren't you a, a polygamist? He's like, no, that's what gave us a bad name. Those are people that like, that's not us. That's like, I think it's right. the fundamentalist. But so are there, you know, some people will give, you know, all of a sudden one thing will happen with a Scientologist. Something bad will happen. They'll get accused of something and it's terrible. And then all of a sudden it brings down the whole, the whole thing. Yeah. And I think that's like a, that's a symptom of just not knowing anything about Scientology in general, which they've tried to solve by starting their own television network. So like, let us show you who we are. This is what we believe. This is come look at our churches. This is, these are the people that are doing Scientology. Like there's so much information just trying to get out there about like, you don't know anything about us. So if somebody like makes a snide joke or makes some crazy accusation or whatever, then that's all you know. So it's like getting, getting some more information out there, which I don't know if anybody's taking advantage of. I don't know if anybody's watching that. What's the show I, called? I What's the show? It's an entire network called the Scientology Network that has shows on all day. So look, in a nutshell, someone says, okay, what is it exactly? What would you say in a, in a sentence well, or two? Scientology is an applied religious philosophy. Applied because you do it. You don't just, it's not just a faith. Religious because it's addressing you as a spiritual being. And philosophy because it is it, all of the questions of life and why are we here and who are we and what potentials do we have and how do we reach them and what is the purpose of life, which is, by the way, to help, to help, you know, to be part of the entire, like, ecosystem of the planet and spiritually to just to like to be of service, as somebody might say. It sounds um, pretty good. That's it. But like, in, in a nutshell, those words applied religious philosophy and believing that um, the man is basically good, not 
that man is basically bad. It's <laughs> hard. It's hard to believe that lately, isn't it? It's kind of hard to believe that in general. Uh, that you know, because you know, for you know, whether whatever you believe out there, you know, whether you're a Jew or a Scientologist or a Mormon or whatever, I, you know, Catholic, Christian, Hindu, we can go on. Um, sometimes you think, well, if there is a God, maybe this is His plan to kind of say, "Hey, fuck sticks." Why don't you wake up? You're destroying this fucking planet. You're you're killing each other. You're terrible to each other. You're you know, and so it's like sort of like a wake up call. And I think that you know, you hope at the end of this pandemic, you hope people just go, God, it's so much easier being nice to people. Isn't that the truth? I mean, it, it's, yeah. I mean, we noticed at the beginning, at the like a year ago, right at the beginning, that people were being selfish. There were instances where people were scared about the food supply. People were not fully being respectful of personal space. And especially during, you know, when the kind of first wave of anxiety, we still don't know very much about this thing to stay the hell away from me. People were like freaking out. But then, then people came to understand how to, be safe and respectful. And then it just came to be about, I think so much about gratitude for all the essential workers, so much about gratitude for what we do have. Mm -hmm. And uh, I know that, I mean, financially it's been really rough on so many people and, and government relief has been kind of probably insufficient, but, but there seems to be a lot of kind of, appreciation for one's fellows well i i hope we're getting there and by the way you mentioned a word that i think is the most important word you said and it's something that my therapist constantly right before i go i go okay good talking to you sandy and she's like gratitudes yeah, say your gratitudes. gratitudes say your gratitudes and i'll tell you i go to bed and i'm if i'm stressed and whatever and i just close my eyes and i go i thank my grandmother for freaking unconditionally loving me I, I I thank my you know all of a sudden and it's be, better nice. to go it's better to go to bed with good thoughts in your mind and it really helps me it does that's wonderful I could work that into my sleep training you should for that, and for myself that really Eric I'm telling you it's you know, I'm not the most disciplined guy in the world but I do just try to when I go to bed I lie in bed for a minute and I just think of everything I'm grateful for and then somehow I fall asleep and the next thing I know it's the morning or sometimes it's four in the morning I go eat a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. <laughs> That's so beautiful, though. That's, yeah. I mean, Cole will ask the kids, you know, what was your favorite part of the day? But to make it broader even than that is great. Yeah. By the way. And just, for, for the adults also, that's more necessary. The kids naturally go, I had a great day and I love you. And, you know. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. I mean, yeah. but what's the one thing, by the way, uh, in terms of Scientology, that people just that you hate that people assume? The one thing that just drives you bananas, like why do they, why are they not educated? Why can't they ask questions? Why do they have to assume this? Why do they? Is there one thing that just drives you bonkers? No, and I'm not gonna rack my brain for it because I don't even want to go there. Like the simplicity of of taking ideas that we all can agree on, like gratitude and and like being responsible for our own actions and so forth and so on, and, and finding a way to achieve some self-worth, you know, like finding, being product, productive at a job, or if you hate your job, then, you know, 
coaching your kids' soccer team or, you know, finding ways to be, to be productive and be contributive. All of those things that we can all agree on that are super simple, you take them and, and you find out that there are, there are actual practical steps and things that we can learn about our minds and things that we can do to make them more effective and not just ideas and make them into actions. And that's, that's just the simplicity of you know, Scientology in general. You take like a book, a Scientology book, and read that, and that's what people would see. If you take one of my favorites, it's called Problems of Work. The Problems of Work. This is a universal thing. We all have to do it. We all have to work. Sometimes it sucks, you know. So, okay, maybe some piece of that can help you in that part of your life. It's so, it's so like unassailable. It's so relatable. It's so relatable. You know, I think that, you know, ultimately isn't the idea of religion or anything to, to love, love thy neighbor, to um, respect to i mean if you're look i know you i think you're a wonderful human being and if you're doing something it's not making it's not hurting you it's only making like you're wonderful i know you well thank you so so uh, you know something has to it works for you and you're you know so i i say like if you're an asshole and you're uh you're a whatever religion you are you're an asshole but you're probably working on it. That's hopefully that's, that's the key. That's, that's it. You know, if you have some kind of goal for self growth, then good. And there are, by the way, I might have mentioned this two and a half years ago when we talked about it before, but there are, I'm not sure, I can't say for sure that there are Mormon Scientologists, but I know for sure that there are plenty of Jewish Scientologists, plenty of Nation of Islam who practice Dianetics and Scientology, plenty of Baptists, you know, so forth and so on, because it's not, it's not a faith. It's just a practice. It's not a, it's just tools to help you achieve those things. Right. Whether you want to call it some, some peace, whether you want to call it being a better person, if you know you're an asshole, (laughs) you know, if you've got a temper or whatever, or whatever it is, achieving brotherhood with the universe. Great then here's some tools. So that's all part of it. If you have a problem, if you have a problem, you can go to the Scientology. They have areas where you're like, I have a problem with my marriage. I have a problem with this. You can go and get help right away and you don't have to necessarily go to a therapist or you have to, is that a separate thing? No, you can go and get help right away. And, and the thing with, uh, the thing that kind of, I think is the main differentiation between seeing a therapist about it and seeing a Scientology counselor about it is that, the Scientology counselor won't um, interpret anything for you, won't tell you what to think about your situation, won't tell you what you're doing wrong. They'll just ask you the questions that give you the opportunity to take responsibility and to help you see the way that things are. In a marriage, that's like, that is the key thing is any, any dishonesty. And I don't straight up mean lies. I just mean lack of communication that's there that kind of dishonesty um keeping secrets it's like all right now out with them all i don't know what they are it doesn't matter it doesn't matter you you just have to get them all out and then you're gonna have to work through that stuff but the the linchpin of that working is getting all of those secrets out anything even if it's like 
you know, I spent too much money on your Christmas present. And then now we've got this debt on the Amex or, you know, like stupid things that you just keep secrets from each other. And that's, that's where you have problems. I think that's the sign of a good therapist anyway. One that asks questions and doesn't give you answers. Because all the answers, you know the answers. You need to be asked them so you can adjust and make the right choices and make the right changes. Because if you're just asking for, oh, here's the answer. Go lose weight. Oh, okay. I already know that. Yeah. Well, why aren't you losing weight? Or why aren't yeah. you acting a certain way? Oh, because you're not putting the effort. Or because you don't, why don't you love yourself? Okay, because I did this. Okay, well, don't do that. There's just like, I, it's such a cyclical thing that we go through that in therapy that, it's just like, you know, we know what to do. Sometimes we don't. Sometimes, you know, I needed a little bit of uh, something to to sort of help me. And, yeah. you know, that's okay. It's like sort of uh, anyway. But look, I, I look, I love that you I, I love that you're just so passionate about it and so brave. And I really think that if you, you know, wish more people could be like that in terms of anything they believe in, because this this it's sort of the shit storm in the past X amount of years. Where yeah. now having a belief about something, you get lambasted for anything. And so yeah. you have to be really careful other than making a fart joke online. I kind of keep shut, shut up because I know I'm going to put my foot in my mouth. I say something, well, all of a sudden, I'm unfollowing you. I'm like, I, I don't mean it. I'm not a bad person. Well, that's the thing. That's the flip side of it is we all have to be willing to hear each other. That's what's so rough is like you can't make assumptions about about what someone's belief means about the rest of them. I know you're right. And it, it, it does get sort of convoluted and tough because I, I don't talk politics. I just don't do it on this show because I think it's like, you know, there's so many things people shows that people talk politics, but I could, I could easily talk about things. And Ryan's like, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't That's fucking right. do it. We can talk about philosophy, the underlying philosophies, well, not about, I, not about see, not about the people that we expect to represent them in the government but you know what they are what we are hoping that they represent and the actions that they take based upon the ideas that we hold that's a separate thing you know just have a conscience that's all i want people yeah. to do is have a effing conscience when you're yeah. thinking about what people are doing have a conscience imagine you are being that person that's being oppressed or being whatever it is just in life, if you just put yourself in their shoes for a second, your perspective yeah. will change. This is called Shit Talking with Erica Christensen. Fans from my patron, uh, you can join Patreon, patreon.com slash inside of you. These are questions just for you. They're rapid fire if you want. Here we go. Wait, oh my God. Okay, yes, go, go, go. I'm ready. All right. Leanne P., of all the roles you've played, which one do you identify with the most? Oh my gosh. Well, I, I do find probably more julia in me now than when i played her but now more julia braverman graham from from parenthood awesome ray h ray harada what are you doing to stay mentally healthy um working always on improving myself as an individual and um getting outdoors and by the way are you using the echelon uh treadmill I meant to bring that up. Yes, thank you so much. I, I did a ride this morning. How great and, is it? Uh, it's really amazing. It's really amazing for, it, it's like a new toy still. I, I got it election day, it arrived. November 3rd, it showed up on my doorstep. It was extremely heavy, but we set it up. And I think I waited till the next day before I actually got on it. But it's still a new toy. I love it's, it. 
like I see it and I'm like, well, what am I not going to ride it? It's just sitting right there. Yeah, Get on it. And you got that monitor and you could just feel like you're part of something and just see, I, I have I ADD, so I need a monitor. I can't just go, Oh, I'm going to be on a stationary bike. I need to watch something. No, oh, I have just you ever beat- done it where you're like watching, just watching a movie on your no. actual television. I got to beat Herb and I got to pass Sandy and I got to be in, you know, I got to see how far I can get. Otherwise yeah. I got to be competitive when I'm doing it. I got dropped today. Some people really kicked my butt. Doing today, what? Right? Exercising? Riding the bike? Yeah. Riding the bike. Yeah. Riding the bike. I was like, damn, these people just put me to shame this morning. I like it. But so what are you doing me- mentally healthy? I guess you're doing that, right? Yep. Well, the, actually, we can we can make getting outside and exercise separate things because they're not because exercising inside is also super helpful and wonderful. But yeah, getting outside, literally seeing the sky and getting some fresh air and sunshine in your lungs is is really helpful. Ne- and then also, you know, working on myself. Nico P, what's some of the best feedback you've ever received? The one thing that you remember someone going, God swim fan you were just or traffic you are the best actress ever oh parenthood your role julia gulia you were amazing what what is it what's the what's the one that you remember that really you remember going oh that felt good could be from of someone you admire some from your dad some from cole oh from cole the best feedback he's ever given me is that when he's watching me in something that he forgets that it's me Best thing you could say to an actor. Best thing you could say to an actor. The so worst thing you could say is like, I can't, I can't just, I can't take you seriously. It's just you, it's yeah. you being weird. Rosenbaum, you're, you're bald, but you're still you. I don't, I don't get it. Uh, <laughs> Carly asks, what's your biggest guilty pleasure in life? In life? In life. Ooh, in life. I mean, this is, this is funny. <laughs> But what my mind went to was Instagram because it's like, it's just like reading a magazine. I use it for genuine inspiration. I see all those people getting fit out there and being organized and all those things and cooking beautiful meals. So I love all of it, but it's also like, if I'm procrastinating, I will be on Instagram. I know that. And I'll be like, okay, put it down. Lisa H. What's your favorite storyline on parenthood? Uh, well, I mean, mine, the whole, trying to, con- trying to conceive and then the whole adoption process being long and arduous. And that's also relatable to so many people. And I'm grateful that I was able to address that mary b last question what life lessons have you learned during the covid crisis and the whole 2020 experience that you want to you want to be sure to teach to your little girls oh wow what a great question well um an interesting thing about the pandemic is that i think it has brought to the forefront of our attention how we are responsible for our community because it's directly, you know, it's directly, we are directly responsible for others in our environment, you know? Um, And it took something like this, like, you know, you don't want to get your neighbors sick and you don't want them dying to put that into perspective. You know, the, the, 
the respect and the joyfulness that we treat each other also spreads everywhere. And so that's an important thing. And then also, um, this is a little bit, hopefully I can express this, but basically being responsible for your own life as much as you can. I know so many entrepreneurs that have had a really rough time the last year. And I just respect those people so much for pivoting, for figuring it out, for finding ways that they can continue to scratch their creative itch or whatever, but basically like, you know, not taking it back, taking the ownership back on your, your own life from wherever it may have gone for if it has gone to your significant other or your job or whatever. I like that. It's more about being aware of other people and what they're going through. And I think it's just a lot of different things. I mean, it's, it's a hard, it's for me, it's just really respect. Like, you know, like I don't have yeah. little girls, but what I'll tell my two little dogs who one just came in the room and sitting here, the old guy's 12 and a half. I know, he I just, he him. never comes in here like that. He just Aww. came in here and sat with me and wants to sit with me. And I'm like, you know, I don't know how long I have with this little sucker. And he's like, he's old and he's, you know, it's just like, I told him, I said, I looked at him one day. I said, you tell me when you're done, man, and we'll be done together. But if you, as long as you're not in pain and as long as you're still eating and laughing and playing with the little girl, little, little, uh, my little pup. Yeah. As long as you want to be here, I want to have you here. Uh, I'm not going to be selfish about it. So, uh, you know, because it's easy to be selfish and like, you know, he's gone blind twice. And my friend Harland, he so funny. Harlan will go. Williams. Yeah. He, he's, yeah. He, 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 it's unbelievable. Like I'll go, yeah, you know, Irv uh, went blind. He goes, yeah, buddy, you know, maybe it's time to put him down. I go, what? No, he just went blind. They're, they're working on getting his sight back. He's on pills. Well, buddy, I'm just saying, you know, Irv, uh, hey, Irv stubbed his toe. Yeah, maybe it's time to put him down, but no, he stubbed his toe. Whoa. What are you doing? You know, Irv, how's Irv doing? Is it time? No, you've been saying this for eight years. It's not time. <laughs> uh, but I love him. And, yeah, unconditional love is the most important thing in the world. It absolutely is. Here, here. Well, listen, uh, I hope you had fun because this was, the, to me, this was honestly, I know you're going to probably go back to uh, Cole and say, it was just weird. We talked about, breastfeeding and i'm telling you this is fun this is like this is real conversation and just candid talk and i learned so much i really i know that i don't have to cut the umbilical cord right away no, i learned that true. natural childbirth could be great i learned that raw milk i might not be farting and bloated if i have raw milk i should it's try true. it there's a lot of I things i learned hikes i am this is an hour of therapy for me <laughs> i'm so Glad I could be of service. Yes, and I can't wait to actually hang with you. I know, man. I don't know when that will be, but I will disinfect a package of raw cheese and leave it on your doorstep. Really? And there's no real there's no real risk of me eating it. I mean, I don't think so, but as long as you're getting it from that farm, I'll try it. What's the worst thing that could happen? Yeah, so you get some food. Shit my pants. Come on. Erica. Thank you what for allowing me to be inside of you again. I, I really love this. I truly love this. And I expect to get some texts from you. Oh, you got it. It's coming. I, yeah, I, I have notes here. We're, we're going to talk soon. <laughs> All, All right. right. Love I, you, buddy. All my love to the family, too. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Well, I hope you enjoyed that. And there was a little nugget in there. My little nugget. 
Yeah. Uh, Irv. Irv showed up in the podcast. It was, I think, the only time he ever appeared in the podcast. Yeah. Oof. I'll get emotional just yeah. thinking about it. Uh, I miss him. And that this podcast was recorded probably back in January or February. So um, he just came into the room and I was like, there, there he is. Um, yeah, I do miss the guy. Um, people have been sending me gifts and pictures of Irv and I've got like this whole shrine of him. So it's really nice. So I, I don't want to continue to talk about Irv, although I will because I love him and he's my son, damn it, <laughs> and I will miss him. Uh, but thank you for all the comments. Um, 13 years is a long time to have a dog and he lived a good life and uh, I hope to see him again someday. Um, again, thanks, Erica Christensen, for being so open. I hope you guys enjoyed that podcast. And uh, again, subscribe to the podcast. Um, you can subscribe on YouTube. You subscribe on Apple, all this stuff. You could listen and watch and enjoy. Um, again, you could join Patreon, patreon.com slash inside. Um, the uh, Inside of You online store for merch, the sunspin.com for merch and, and booking us for Zooms and things. And um, we really appreciate it. I appreciate all the patrons out there who... Um, support the show ongoing. It's just amazing. And so many great messages and comments. And I do, I do. Sometimes I respond, but a lot of times I just read them and I don't respond. Next week, we've got a really fantastic episode. Another fantastic episode. He might be in the room. Yes. That. Somewhere. Is Freddy Krueger, Robert England. Yep. If you are still listening, you just heard it. It's awesome. And he's one of my, I, I love, uh, I love the Nightmare on Elm Street movies. He's a great guy. He has so much information. This is a really great episode. So make sure you tune in next week for Robert England, Freddy Krueger, um, Nightmare on Elm Streets. Uh, I think you're going to really enjoy it. We worked together in a movie called Urban Legend, and uh, that was a lot of fun. Ryan, anything else? No, just waiting on my second Vax. That's all. Oh, yeah. I noticed at the movie you were still you were, you were backed off a little bit still you weren't so yeah yeah you were kind of like still weird I'm just trying to I don't know just, you're weird just, around people right now I'm weird around I'm weird around people anyway but you know I'm weird around people <laughs> even more now uh yeah I'm just I don't know I'm just trying to like not get it before I get my second dose to get my second dose in a week all right so I think you'll be okay I'll be, I mean I will I'm be not okay. worried about you I I'm think you're worried. gonna be fine but you know it's it's good to be a little cautious I wish more people were cautious I don't think we we went through the hell we were in. Jesus. If people were just a tad more cautious, but uh, let's get into uh, all the patron love. I have to, at the end of every episode, I always uh, give a shout out to all the patrons. So bear with me. And if, uh, if you're done listening, I understand, but these are my lovable patrons and uh, join Patreon and you'll get your name shouted out as well. Nancy D Mary B Leah F S shit. Trisha F. There we go. Sarah V, Little Lisa, Yukiko, Jill E, Brian H, Lauren G, Nico P, Robin S, Jerry W, Robert B, Jason W, Apothean, Kristen K, Amelia O, Allison L, Jess J, Lucas M, Raj C, Joshua D, Emily S, CJ P, Samantha M, Jennifer N, Jackie P, Stacy L, maybe a baseball announcer, Carly H. <laughs> Here's the pitch on the way to Carly S, Jen S in left field, Jamal F, Janelle B in right. Here's the pitch to Carrie B. Tab of the 272. It's a line drive to right field. Ashley Ryan picks it up, throws over to Kimberly E. Mike E is now up to bat. Mike E is friends with Marissa N, and Eldon Supremo is on deck. 
99 more in Ramira, Santiago M, Sarah F, Chad W, Leanne P, Ray A, Maya P is the lineup for today's ball game. This game brought to you by Maisha. Maisha C. Maddie S, Kendrick F, Ashley E, Shannon D, Matt W, Belinda N, Kevin V, James R, Robert. Uh, maybe we do one as uh, Ronnie Dangerfield. Hey, Chris H, Osborne, Osborne. Hey, I was born before you. All right. How are you, Osborne? I sent you a package. You still have a, the package got sent back. Give me your right address. Will you, Osborne? <laughs> Dave H, Samantha S, Spider Man, Chase, Sheila. G Ray H. I'll tell you what, I can't huh? you, do this voice, man. You've been doing great. I'll tell you. <gasps> Tab of the team: Misha H, Tom N, Suzanne B, Katie F, Liliana A, Michelle K, Hannah B. Who's that? Mm-hmm. Hannah B, Michael S, Talia M, Luke H, Andrew T, Betsy O, Claire Baby. That was my space. You didn't sound like him. Oh, it just sounded like bored to you. Bored. Who's this? Liz G. No, J. Malkovich? That's Malkovich. That's correct. Laura L. Chad L. Rochelle. (laughs) (laughs) Nathan E. Brandle, Taylor K., Neil A., Marion, Meg K., Janelle P., Trav L., Dan L., Jennifer J., Wayne M., Diane R., Ojeda, Lorraine G., Olga C., Corey M., Carrie H., Veronica K., Big Stevie W., Kendall T., Lindsay M., Carol D, Katie G, Sandy B, Angel M, Eric C, Rhiannon. Rhiannon rings like a bell through the night, and wouldn't you love to love her? <laughs> Stephen M, Corey K, Super Sam, Sherry S, and Coleman G are my lovable top-tier patrons. I love you all. If I blitzed over your name, I can't spend that much time. It's just me riffing. Uh, this has been uh, really nice. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Continue to listen. Please continue to support. I love doing it. and I will continue to do it as long as you guys are loving it. So spread the word. If every one of you just sent an email to all your friends and ask them to please subscribe, that would be wonderful. From myself, Michael Rosenbaum, along with... From myself, Ryan Tayus. I was trying the Rodney Day. Hey, up, hey up, up here in the Hollywood Hills. Up here in the Hollywood Hills. It comes from your chest. It comes from my chest. I'm not hey, sitting I'll upright. Tell you you got to sit upright, Ryan. Well, for me, Ryan Tayus. Yes, in the Hollywood Hills of California. Hollywood Hills of California. Look in the camera. There we are. Uh-huh. We love you guys. Thank you so much for allowing me to be inside of each and every one of you today. And I hope you have a gorgeous week. And be good to yourself. Love yourself. And be good to others. All right? See ya. Every story eventually comes to an end. This June, hear the final episode of season two of the hit podcast series, In the Red Clay, Durham. In the Red Clay tells the unbelievable true story of Billy Sunday Burt, the most dangerous man in Georgia history. In the podcast that people are calling riveting, incredibly moving, captivating, and addicting. Binge seasons one and two of In the Red Clay now, wherever you listen.